You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome, everyone, to RB1 Colony Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by FakeTeams.com. I am your humble host, Pete Rogers, joined, as always, by Mr. Class, Jordan Smith, and the man, the myth, the legend, Jinja Nick. Just Clark Barnes should be, hopefully, on the podcast shortly. Uh, he had some technical difficulties when we were first logging in, but nonetheless, here we are. Uh, guys, how are we doing? Ready to vote. Ready to frickin' boat. Yes, sir. I already have it in my notes. I was like, make sure to talk about it at the end of the podcast, but we can talk about it at the top of the podcast as well. Everybody go do your civic duty and vote tomorrow. Here, here. Duty. Duty. Um, Cool beans. Anything else to report other than than that? Jordan, how are you you feeling? Man, I'm just super ready for the Bucks season to be in full swing. (laughs) like shifting over at this point because turns out they're pretty good they are even though they lost to the celtics man that boston boston green bay thing kind of you know oh. no yeah the bucks it's are gonna good. Be a fun battle <laughs> it's gonna be a great battle Giannis is a freak of nature and watching him drive to the paint is watching da vinci paint the, nick you're not a part of this conversation because seattle got rid of their basketball team yeah, I'm just gonna go on mute. Sorry. <laughs> I like how I like how anytime we we step to a different sport, Nick just immediately has nothing to contribute because Seattle sports outside of the Seahawks and even the Seahawks are kind of unless we talk start talking uh, MLS, we can talk about the Sounders then. We can talk about the Sounders. Yeah, they're, I don't even. They're know getting if, a hockey team. Are which, they? Then I have to I have to step out of the conversation because we do not have a professional hockey team, which then. is wildly yeah, surprising. What a puck is and all that. <laughs> God. What the puck? What the <laughs> puck? Um, well, besides having a little just random sports uh, conversation there, I did want to talk about Jordan brought this up uh, while we were doing our preparations for last week's Tuesday podcast talking about I mean, last week was technically week eight is the midpoint of the NFL season. And so Jordan brought up, why don't we do some and you know, middle of the season award slash MVP discussion. And I was like, Oh, that's a great idea. But then we decided to fire up the uh, ross machine instead however still wanted to talk about it so let's i just figured we'd quickly start this episode um talking fantasy who our fantasy mvp is halfway through the season it's we're still basically halfway through the season week nine hasn't completely finished um so i feel like we can still plus it's a it's a 17 week season so 17 divided by two is not actually eight it's 8.5 so we're like right in that halfway spot i think we're we're totally safe doing this um so nick who's your uh fantasy mvp so far this season it's james connor you got him anywhere from free agency to like what the seventh round or something i didn't i don't know what his uh I can look up his his overall ADP, but the guy is the number three fantasy player in standard scoring, and he was taken outside of 
I mean, safely, I think the top two rounds. So like anything past that is a screaming deal. Um, yeah, I don't know how I, Pete, I'm interested to see who you choose, but I, I was kind of thinking we might all end up choosing James Conner. Yeah. I, I hate to, I hate to Jordan also in the notes was like, Hey, are we sharing who we're going to pick ahead of time? And I was like, nah, it'll be fine if we all pick the same person. And I'm really thinking, yeah, we're all going to pick James Conner. I mean, People on paper will be like, well, Todd Gurley's a freaking machine and getting you so many fantasy points all the time. It's like, yes, Todd Gurley is a phenomenally productive fantasy player right now, but he's also living up to the price that you had to pay in order to get him onto your team. Whereas James Conner, like Nick, you were saying, I mean, he could have easily gone undrafted. I know some leagues, maybe he was the last pick, but he was by no stretch of the imagination expected to be the second best fantasy running back so far at this point in the season. I think the other person who I could say as fantasy MVP is Adam Thielen. Uh, And I know you're still kind of messing with price point there, Um, but he has been by far and away the most consistent fantasy player so far this season. And so he is someone who literally you have plugged and played every single game this week and or this season, and you've gotten – a very, very good performance from him. So he hasn't had like any kind of letdowns or peaks or troughs, um, which is the same to say for, for James Conner, but I was trying to spice it up. Jordan, do you have the same person? Of course not. No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My MVP is actually the number two ranked at a different fantasy position, according to ESPN. And it's podcast favorite, Andrew Luck. Ooh, I have him as my Andrew. I have his as my MVP because uh, his ADP in standard leagues was 83rd overall in the ninth QB taken off the board. Right now, he's the only um, he's only second to Patrick Mahomes as far as fantasy scoring for QBs, averaging nearly 27 fantasy points per game, um, which is a pretty healthy amount to get out of your quarterback. Uh, Part of this is also we didn't even know what we were going to get out of Andrew Luck this year. Um, We talked about this ad nauseum uh, in the preseason about, you know, Andrew Luck throwing with, you know, smaller sized footballs and whether or not he's going to even have the arm strength. And there was that game where he couldn't even throw the last minute Hail Mary. They had to sub in Jacoby Brissett for that. Um, But with that being said, uh, Andrew Luck threw five touchdowns through the first three weeks of the season. But over the following six weeks, he's thrown 18 touchdowns. He's throwing at least four to three touchdowns per game. Um, and he's even lost uh, Ghost Hilton for a few, like for stretches of the season. He yeah. doesn't even know who he's throwing to. Maybe Eric Ebron has helped you out, get you some good fantasy points. But other than that, it's been a wild ride for Andrew Luck's offense. The running game hasn't even been available. Um, his career high touchdown percentage is at 6.7% right now. Um, and yeah, it, we didn't know again what we were going to get out of Andrew Luck, and here he is as the number two ranked QB so far through nine weeks. So I think that's pretty slick. I do want to say I did just look up ADPs, and James Conner was going off the board as at the one hundred and fifty third pick. Oh boy, which is insane! It is insane, um, it, utterly and, insane. If I if I was going to have to pick up a, uh, a runner up though, I think it would be James White, and I thought Pete that you might go mm. after him. Yeah, no, that's damn it, that's damn true. it. Stupid Pete picking Adam Thielen. Come on. Stupid Pete. Yeah, no, James White. James White is a really good one. He's the RB7 in standard scoring. Which is which is 
which is like mind blowing for someone who up until this point in his career has always just been a pass catching back. Who's been great for real football purposes, but really has not been able to provide consistent fantasy performances. I just, uh, yeah. After last night's game, I actually just tweeted something from the fake teams, Twitter account, which basically uh, the fun fact was that this last night was uh, James White's fifth game of 20 or more PPR scoring points, which is, Again, just like not at all what you would expect from James White. But I do want to say, Jordan, before we get too far off track of who you were talking about, Andrew Luck is a super good pick. That is someone who I would not have even like considered, obviously, because I was like, oh, quarterbacks, everything's been playing out exactly as you thought. But the amount of the the level of question marks that were surrounding him and the Colts offense and his arm and just everything going into it. Uh, and you're just wondering if Andrew Luck would ever be the quarterback that he was prior to all this sh- shoulder injury and surgery. I think that's that his performance has been definitely MVP worthy so far. Yeah, all the talk is, of course, of Patrick Mahomes and his rocket arm. But Andrew Luck, if he continues to throw three to four touchdowns per game, we're talking like getting into the upper 40s for him in um, touchdowns over the course of the year. I will say, too, about the James White thing. Isn't he, like, on pace for over 100 catches this year? Like, I don't doubt that. Glue hands. I'm pretty sure I saw that stat. He's on pace for, like, anywhere between 105 to 110 catches on the season. Which Big is team stats and information is doing some quick research right now. He's riding a rocking ship on the way to my heart. Yes! Good Burns is here! <laughs> From the top rope. From the top rope, just in time. I do do want to say I misread the statistics. Uh, That Connor's ranking was 153 entering the season. His ADP was 167. Okay. Uh, And the only reason it was 167, like as you pull up to when drafts started, his ADP started to rise because four or five clever people out there were like, Le'Veon Bell might not play. Yeah, maybe we should get the backup. But if you drafted two weeks before the year started, James Conner was available. Hey, Pete, do we have a breaking news drop? Yes. The Saints are bringing Des Bryant in for a workout tomorrow. Whoa! Um, How do we feel about that? Oh, my goodness. This podcast is off to an already just so tangential start. We're going in all 700 different directions. What I feel like we've already spent enough time talking about it, is how I feel about it. <laughs> That's fair. I don't really know what the Saints are thinking or doing, but sure, why not? I guess trying well, to show I'm, Michael Thomas that his celebrations won't be tolerated. <laughs> I'm seriously trying to figure out if, if, if Michael Thomas is hurt. Like, why are we? Why is this happening? Are they trying to do? Are they trying to do like a Marcus Colston big boy in the slot and just put Des in the slot? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. It's crazy. Uh, speaking quickly, bringing back to James White. James White is on pace for 144 targets and 108 receptions this season. Clutch. Boom. Boom. Uh, all right. Clark, do you have a, a fantasy MVP so far now that everything's working and you're and you're joined us? Yeah, I think y'all covered the Jameses that I wanted to talk about because they were going so late and because they have been so freaking valuable. Uh, but we'll go to a different position and Giving it up for Adam Thielen, all the talk of who would be better this year. And Adam Thielen is Jordy Nelsoning this league. Yep. Nick started and said James Conner was his pick. And I was like, ah, oh, James Conner's my pick. Let me randomly pick someone. Adam Thielen was the first guy who popped into my head because I agree with you, Clark. He was someone who everyone was certain, myself included, 100%. I was certain that it was like, no, 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 no. Adam Thielen was a fluke. This is going to be Stefan Diggs' offense. And what do I know? Adam Thielen is the 
top five receiver in the league right now. I mean, the thing is that Adam Thielen probably went in the second round or so of your leagues, but I know several people who are like just really upset that they passed on him. Like this guy. They, they were like, oh, I should have made him my first round pick. And from a fantasy perspective, there are people averaging about the same amount of stats as he is yards, touchdowns, whatever. But from a fantasy perspective, being able to get a hundred yards and a touchdown week in and week out is just. Invalid. That's money. That's like, that's what you want from your wide receiver one. You can't ask for a better stat line from a from fantasy performance. Just spread those points out. Yeah. Um, all right. So there's our early. That was our mid mid season look at a fantasy MVP. We'll maybe keep track of it. But I just wanted to. I figured you know we're at the halfway point. Might as well check in and see where we're feeling. Um, we did talk about like the absolute obvious is Todd Gurley, and so anyone who's running second would be right. Like this year, we might actually have a real life MVP that's not a quarterback because we don't have a quarterback that's really lighting the world on fire. And Pat Mahomes, but Pat Mahomes is like the Pat Mahomes MVP uh, race or 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 petition or whatever is firmly entrenched in Narrative Street. Like it's because he's like, oh, a second year quarterback who's taking over this offense is taking it to new heights, and now the Chiefs suddenly have this explosive offense when really. Andy Reid should win coach of the year. Uh, and Todd Gurley is also a par- product of Sean McVay's offense, but he's also on pace to break LaDainian Thomason's, you know, touchdown records. And he scores three touchdowns every game. Like he, he is, I've seen the argument where it's like, well, if you took Todd Gurley out of the C- Rams offense, would their offense really like struggle that much? I think it would. I think that this offense is constructed around Todd Gurley being able to pound the ball in from three yards out. And when they're up in games, they just give him the ball and he's able to grind it. He's a closer. He's the only closer in the NFL. I think as Kareem Hunt starts to heat up too, people are talking um, about how just invaluable he is to the offense as a whole. Um, And of course we know what Tyreek Hill can do. If you can just launch the football field, or launch the football down the football Pick field. Up the like, football field, throw it. He's going to be there. <laughs> you know, I, Pete, I do want to say, I think that if Gurley were to miss time, this is still a top five offense. I agree with that. I don't think that, I, maybe my point would be more so that I don't think that it would be as, I don't think that they would be winning games as handedly. Uh, I think they would have to rely on, and I know that they just lost and they've had, and the Packers game was close too. I guess I feel like he's still a very vital part of that offense. And if you're just going to do statistics as judging by your MVP, then Todd Gurley has to be MVP because his statistics are off the charts. Sure. And I feel and I feel like that's what always that's always what it comes down. I also just hate, absolutely hate the fact that the effing MVP award has just become like which quarterback has led its team to the most wins it's like no that's not what the that's not the Mm -hmm. most valuable player just make a separate award that is the best quarterback award and allow the mvp to be actually defense and offensive skill positions can we just call it the sean mcveigh award perfect (laughs) if if todd Gurley like reaches the ladanian tomlinson sean alexander stratosphere for total touchdowns then i think that's where the narrative gets geared towards um, Jared Goff, I think, is the one that's most held down by the Sean McVay. Yeah, is is propelling my career conversation. Quickly before we go on to, because we do have to move on and start talking about you know the actual meat of this podcast. Uh, Nick, do you want to quickly explain to all of the quote unquote Seahawks fans out there who Sean Alexander is? 
Uh, he was a terrific <laughs> running back who made his mark by stopping abruptly and then having people sort of in a cartoon fashion run past him like the Wiley Coyote. And somehow he did this for like 28 touchdowns and it blew everyone's mind. Nice. Also, yeah. That was like Settled the heyday of fantasy sports too. Yeah. Like Sean Alexander, Priest Holmes, just Priest Holmes. Thompson, all Priest these Holmes great running backs. Back I'm when glad, gas was a dollar a gallon. I'm glad that Clark Clark uh, recognized and, and appreciated my my massive dig at all of the bandwagon Seahawks fans. <laughs> you were going to make fun of me for being old. It's like, yeah, I saw Sean no. Alexander play live. What are Sean you Alexander's to great. I That's always my litmus test. He was not great. Oh, my God. It was always, he always was fine. He, he was, was he was fine. He was at like two hundred and twenty pound, um, like down on first contact running back. Yeah, I a lot of mixed feelings about that time. Anyway, moving on. Moving on. Screw uh, you, twelves. Bird did it take everybody to figure out why everyone was wearing a, a patch to honor the Professional Golf Association this weekend? <laughs> I felt real smart. Making it to the third quarter with that question bouncing around in my head. I'm confused. I'm totally yeah. Me right too. Now. I was. I'm gonna. I'm... I have no idea. They all had golf patches. Yeah, they all had PGA patches. Why? See, now I don't feel so stupid because <laughs> apparently Just... Paul Allen's middle name was Georgie uh... or something. Oh, right. I like how Crap. all three of us awkward laughed at Clark's joke that we, none of us understood. <laughs> I'll let Pete get back on track after I, a little music from my grandmother. Since she was lucky because she got to laugh at every joke twice, once when it was told and once when she finally got it. Uh, perfect. <laughs> tough, um, tough look for the RB1 cast <laughs> members right now. We're killing it. Uh, all right, let's do let's do You Help No One for week nine. Uh, and we'll start. We'll cue... <laughs> Sorry, I need to compose myself. Cue the music, and here are your Week 9 nominees. We have a wide receiver for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Adam Humphreys, who had eight receptions for 82 yards and two touchdowns. Our second nominee is also a wide receiver for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, was Mike Evans, who had 10 targets, but only one reception for 16 yards. Wide receiver for the Carolina Panthers, Curtis Samuel is our third nominee with two receptions for 25 yards and a touchdown and one attempt for 33 yards and a touchdown. Our fourth nominee, Adam Thieland, who we just talked about as an MVP candidate, but also just put together his first kind of average performance, four receptions for 22 yards and a touchdown. And finally, in our special, I didn't even mention this at the top, it's an all wide receiver you help no one. Maurice Harris of the Washington team had 10 receptions for 124 yards. Nicholas, who is your pick for this week? You help no one. Mike Evans, because counting on someone and having them fail you hurts more than someone out of nowhere showing up that you didn't have. Especially since you were thinking with the Fitz magic, they were going to be just chucking it all yeah, over the field. That's but, a bummer. Alas. Jordan, who's your pick? Yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat. I'm going with Mike Evans because uh, Fitzpatrick had four touchdowns, but none of them went to Mike Evans. And I didn't watch the all 22 on this game, but I don't understand how you have 10 targets and one catch. Like, I don't know what happened there. Mike I've, Evans has a ridiculous catch radius, so I'm not sure. I, beats the hell out of me. I don't know. <laughs> I would concur with that statement and that sentiment. Clark, your pick? So I just want to take a second to go off topic and say, this is why if you've ever 
really said something mean to a fantasy football analyst for picking the wrong person that you asked who you should start, you're an asshole. Like, <laughs> you're looking at the scroll for, like, perfect fantasy days. I didn't know who half of these wide receivers were this week. So, like, I, I think I had to go with Mike Evans, too, but seeing these names scroll by... It's absurd! Guy, Maurice Harris? Like, good for him. Like, anyone right. in the NFL amazing, but, like, who the... F- who? Who? Who is that? My godfather's name is Mauricio. That's, That's a name. cool name. That's a cool name. That's a good name. Uh, Curtis Samuel is like, again, Curtis sorry, Samuel no was fresh. I didn't even know you were still in the NFL. <laughs> and no one else did either. I swear to God, like, Janet Samuel did because, you know, her husband was gone every Sunday. But that <laughs> was track of him. Yeah. I have to go with Mike Evans as well. But I, this was a tough one because Curtis Samuel – you were thinking that with the with the Panthers offense looking starting to kind of get juicy and and Cam Newton throwing the ball around and DJ Moore coming off of a couple of big games Devin Funches is a big receiver with with uh, red zone potential facing a Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense that was just trash you were all set to start those two guys not Curtis Samuel um but Mike Evans is is obviously our choice and it, it looks like a sweep for us uh in terms of in terms of who we choose and when we consult the poll at faketeams.com, including our pick uh that result is backed up it is Mike Evans who wins this week's uh you helped no one award and this leads me down a quick little uh a uh, uh, tangent slash rant that I wanted wanted to do um as I mentioned on Thursday's podcast I submitted a couple of fan dual lineups because I was like ooh Pete let's see if we can make a little cash money um spoiler alert I, I did but not a lot I did not I did not make more than I spent so not a good week for me but nonetheless I made the mistake in one of my one of my uh whatever competitions things at looking at what the winning lineup was you never look at the winning lineup for for what a fan duel person wins because the amount of luck that is involved in it like this person had Adam uh, Adam Humphreys on his lineup who starts Adam Humphreys? Who's like, yeah, this is the guy who I'm going to put as my flex because I know he's going to get two touchdowns. Like the, it frustrates me, and this is why I stopped playing DFS, and now I'm never going to do it again because the amount of luck that you need to win DFS is just astronomical, and it's stupid, and I hate it. And it's people submitting 200 lineups right. with the core of six people they want, and then and then having just everything else generated and that's fine like the, yeah those are the rules that's cool but that's also why i just do 50 50s and head-to-heads now yeah yeah, yeah I, I i think i'm gonna follow the suit on that still playing on the same two dollars and 25 cents that i started with that's impressive well done sir i'm usually down two or three hundred dollars at this point <laughs> <laughs> That's the true MVP at the halfway point. That's right. Uh, all right, so there you go. Mike Evans is your new. You helped no one for this week. Um, all right, now we're finally getting into what this uh, whole podcast is actually supposed to be about. Um, we are going to play a new game, uh, and we're going. To, it's called Hit the Panic Button, uh, and this is a game that Clark proposed, and I uh, I manipulated to make even more exciting and interesting. But the basic premise is obviously. Uh, There are players at this point where, you know, maybe they've had a couple bad games. There's situations have changed. These are players that you could potentially be hitting the panic button on. So the game is simple. I have five such players who I will be discussing. I I have about, you know, a couple sentences on each that I will say out. Um, And you three are are the participants in this game. And you guys have a choice. You can either hit the panic button on that player 
Or you can pitch me the player, meaning you try and convince me and our dear listeners that this player for the rest of the year is actually worth keeping and, and, and worth rostering. I'll, of course, then grade your pitch on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being I'm fully swayed and convinced, and 1 being you did a horrible job. Now, to make things even more interesting and exciting, you each have four panics to use on five players, meaning that you'll have to pitch at least one player to me uh, just because I, I want to see your guys' best attempt at trying to sway me on these players. So we will start with uh, the Saints running back, Mark Ingram, who since returning has seen a decent workload, averaging two, uh, averaging 12.5 attempts per game. However, he has failed to do much with those carries. Uh, he's averaging 3.6 yards per carry and has scored only twice this season, both coming uh, in his first game back. His last three weeks, he's scored 6.2, 12.2, and 2.6 fantasy points in PPR. Clark, is it time to hit the panic button? Pete, uh... That, of course, the beaker sound effect alarm from Rogue One for all you nerds out there. Yes, uh, Alvin Kamara is proving that uh, we don't need Mark Ingram other than to run in between the tackles four times at the end of games when the Saints are blowing it out. Uh, Sean Payton is loving his new toy in Alvin Kamara. It is well past time to hit the panic button. Uh, all of the other sound effects will be horribly shoehorned in for the rest of this segment. Perfect. That's the whole point of this segment. Uh, Jordan, are you hitting the panic button? Um, I'm actually not hitting the panic button on Mark Ingram just yet. He's only been back for four games now. Um, From the looks of it, I mean, the Rams are kind of semi-tough against the run. And yesterday it was just basically all the Alvin Kamara show, which is fine. You feed the hot hand. But in the week before that, they were pretty 50-50 in the splits for their carries. Um, I think as the season progresses, they might rely on Mark Ingram a little bit more just to have Alvin Kamara remain fresh for the playoffs. And if they have some difficult games outside, um, you know, as as the months go on, I just think they're going to rely a little bit more heavily on Mark Ingram. And he's a solid stash just to have on your bench. I, I wouldn't put him at RB2 territory, but um, he's still getting goal line work, so he could be a decent flex option. Jordan? I rate your pitch a three out of 10. Not great. (laughs) Not great. Nicholas, are you hitting the panic button? Uh, Yes. Um, I mean, assuming that that you were counting on having an RB2, which I I think is kind of what he was slated to or expected to be, he's not that. And he, I do think that there's validity to what Jordan's saying that um, game script and, and saving Kamara down the stretch might be a reason that Ingram is fantasy relevant, but I think right now, yeah, I would panic if I was if I was hoping he was something other than like a a matchup based flex starter. Panic buttons all around, except for Jordan who tried to pitch me on it. I mean, to be fair, if you're counting on Mark Ingram to be your top back, that's a mistake. But chances are you drafted him late because of the suspension and you were stashing him waiting for him to come back. And I, I guess I still think he can have some value. I think it's too early. That's fair. I think his, his ADP was like fourth or fifth round. That's so like you're, you're trying to get a starter there. Moving on. Our second player for you guys to pick from is uh Colts wide receiver. T Y Hilton. 
Uh, and he certainly started off the year strong. But since he's returned from injury, the yards and targets have gone way down. He's managed to salvage his fantasy performance in week seven with two touchdowns. But outside of those scores, T.Y. has caught five balls for 59 yards in his last two games back. On tap, the Colts have the toughest fantasy schedule against receivers for the rest of the season, facing the Jaguars, twice I might add, Texans, Cowboys, and Giants, all of whom are bottom eight in fantasy points allowed to wideouts. Jordan. Hit the panic button, are you? Honestly, I I can't hit the panic button because Andrew Luck is my MVP through half, halfway this through is, the this season. This is a so. narrative that you've already constructed, so you're you're kind of exactly. locked in here. It it doesn't fit my narrative. I think, um, I mean, coming off the bye, I think Andrew or T. Y. Hilton will have a better chance to reintegrate himself into the offense and to reintegrate himself with Andrew Luck, who's still throwing a heavy amount of touchdowns at a heavy clip, and I. Yeah, I mean, you can't really panic on uh, T.Y. Hilton just yet. Despite having to play Jacksonville twice, I'm not really, I'm not really worried about anybody else on the schedule being able to contain um, T.Y. Hilton. I still think he's going to get his. Jordan, I'm going to give you a six for that, not because of what you said about T.Y., but because of our previous discussion about how good Andrew Luck has been. He's been phenomenal, and if they get on the same page. It's a, a turnaround is likely. Nicholas, are you hitting the panic button? No way, Jose. So in his two games uh, back from injury, one was against Buffalo, who has a, a shutdown pass defense. He scored twice. It was only 25 yards, but he, he scored twice. Next game was a, a blowout of the Oakland Raiders, 42 to 28. He got five targets. Yeah, if you get up that early or get up that big, you shelve your best passing game options. That's fine. The Jags are kind of reeling. I think after that, they can get him matched up on Malcolm Butler. Then he gets Miami, Jacksonville again. Houston, yeah. Dallas, yeah. But Tennessee again. I think that the uh, I think that the matchup, the, the rest of the season matchups are easier than they appear. And also in the fantasy championships in week 16, they get the now – Eli Apple-less New York Giants. Not that Eli Apple was really that good, but he was one of their starting corners. I, yeah, I think T.Y. is going to be fine. I would not panic on him. Nicholas, I was going to give you a two for that because you talked about how the Buffalo Bills were a shutdown defense, and that was your used as justification that T.Y. Hilton would then be very good against more such shutdown defenses. But I will then plus you a couple of points because you do bring up Fantasy playoffs is always a good thing, always a good sell for those who are who are looking long term for the rest of the season. I'll give you a four, a four. Clark, I can only assume that you, like the rest of this panel, are likely not going to hit that panic button for your boy T.Y. Hilton. Pete, when I hear you even suggest that we might <laughs> need to panic about T.Y. Hilton. That's that's how I feel about that. Wow. Pete. Wow. Well said. That is a that is a 10 right there. Pitch perfect. Didn't even attack, uh, even convince me on TY. He purely just attacked me as a person and convinced me that I was wrong. And that is the best way to convince someone of their of their mistakes. Let's move on to our third player, who maybe you are um, getting a little worried about. 49ers running back Matt Breida. Uh, we've all seen glimpses of the fantasy star that Matt Breida could be. 
but injuries are just getting in the way for the 49ers running back. He struggled to finish games and it hasn't rushed for 65 yards in six straight games, despite averaging 11 carries per game during that stretch. Nicholas can Brita stay healthy or is it time to panic? Yeah, it's super sad, but I would be. He's just he's an undersized running back, and he's he's showing it. I mean, he he's a dude is an explosive playmaker. He is so much fun to watch, but it is really tough to give a hundred ninety pound running back a heavy workload, and that's what they've been doing. He's he's had like every limb on his body on the injury report this season, and that's not being hyperbolic. Like the guy is just banged up to no end. I, I would definitely be panicking, and it's sad. Clark, are you panicking? Uh, when I think about Matt Breida, I just feel like... Yeah. Too small. <laughs> well Not going to hold up. We got all excited about the 49ers backfield because it's Shanahan and everything has fallen apart. I think uh, Alfred Morris is going to be the last man standing. And as much as I was trying to hype him at the beginning of the year, <laughs> I now know that that was probably not the best call in the world. And uh, yeah, you should panic. Yeah, I'm flipping into panic mode because over the past three games, he um, has scored single digit points in fantasy. One of those games against the Rams, it looks like he has negative points, which is not great. Um, he seems like he's super touchdown dependent, and that's not something that you really want out of your running backs is somebody who absolutely needs to find the end zone to be valuable because once you get down to the red zone, especially in a creative Kyle Shanahan offense and with George Kittle there, it's hard to imagine that they wouldn't try multiple venues and sources to get touchdowns once they get down there. So I, I, that's going to be a no from me, dog. Nice. Good reference. All right. Uh, our fourth player on the list is Vikings quarterback, Kirk cousins, uh, who like most people on the list started the season with a lot of excitement. He scored over 30 PPR points in half of his first four games. But since then things have taken a big turn for the worse over the last four weeks. Cousins has averaged a meager 15.9 fantasy points per game in PPR, which is less than Eli Manning, Dak Prescott, and even case Keenum in that time. He's thrown for over 300 yards just twice in the last five weeks. And every other game has been under 250. Clark, are you panicking? I, I don't know why you would be panicking because I don't know why you would still be worrying about Kirk Cousins as your fantasy quarterback. Um, and I'm I'm out of drops. Succinct. A, a succinct panic from Clark. Uh, Jordan, are you panicking? No, I'm not panicking. ESPN still has him ranked as the number five fantasy QB. And Kirk Cousins is just one of those guys. It helps that he's playing in a dome as well. Um he's going to put up stats. Sometimes he might have a bad week and you kind of just have to swallow those. But um, to borrow a, a point from Nick, when you're getting into the fantasy playoffs, um, they do play Miami in week 15 and at Detroit in week 16. So he could definitely put up some, some numbers there. Jordan, I was going to give you a five for that because I thought that that was a, a pretty well uh, a pretty good point and it was just kind of you know it maybe swayed those who were on the fence but those who were a little more you know uh, founded in their opinions they weren't moved however you then tried to appeal to the judges by taking Nicholas's thing that when he did it was unique at first but when you did it well it just kind of seemed copycatish so I'm gonna have to bump you down to a one on that one 
hey, you know what? You have to name your sources. You can't just take it and act like you came up with it all on your own. All right. Plus one for that. We're at two for you, Jordan. <laughs> Through this it's like around the horn. <laughs> this very non-arbitrary way of raking your uh, – <laughs> Uh, your responses uh nicholas are you panicking yeah yeah i am he's got a pretty rough schedule like uh the the playoffs do look good but up until then it's pretty bad uh so yeah i would be panicking however the caveat there is i'm not worried about adam Thielen because elite slot receivers put up points (laughs) no matter what slot receivers man those are the true mvp if we're talking mvp (laughs) of fantasy football slot receivers are the true mvp (laughs) That that position is the MVP of football so far this season. Yeah, but hey, don't put Amari Cooper there. No, See, God forbid. Succeed. Why would you? Hey, Amari Cooper scored a touchdown tonight, guys. Did hey, he really? Was he lined, where was he lined yes. up? Uh, he was lined up um, on the outside, left hand. Uh, uh, he? Nick is Nick is scrounging. He's he's flummoxed right now. I have the. Uh, he's he's he, he's oh, been he so runs into the slots. He's so strongly against Amari Cooper, and yet Amari Cooper looking decently good. Oh, no. How will Nicholas survive? All right, our final player to uh, to discuss about whether or not you're panicking. That is Steelers wide receiver Juju Smith-Schuster. Juju started 2018 right where he left 2017 off. He averaged eight catches on 12 targets and 104 yards in each of his first four games and looked like the Robin to Antonio Brown's Batman. However, Juju's last four games have looked more like Alfred. In his last four games, Juju has seen almost half the number of targets and has gone for over 100 yards once after piecing together three such games to start the season. Jordan, are you? is your hand touching that panic button right now? Um, Ooh, actually, yes. I, I would actually panic for the next at least three weeks. Um, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers are in the midst of a pretty tough stretch as far as secondary goes. Despite all their other limitations, the Browns ha- are pretty talented on the defensive side of the ball. And um, we all know what Baltimore can do in the secondary. But um, with Carolina, Jacksonville, Denver, the Chargers all coming up in the next four weeks. That is a pretty tough look for somebody who's the number two option. Of course, Antonio Brown is going to get his like you can't stop him. You can only hope to contain him a little bit. But Juju Smith-Schuster could be hitting a little bit of a wall here. And that's not good if you're jockeying for playoff position. Agreed. Nicholas, are you worried? This one's tough, uh, but no, I, I don't think that I am. Um, I'm optimistic about uh, his matchup in Jacksonville. He's running out of the slot, which means he either gets DJ Hayden or Hayden's backup, which is glorious. Chris Harris obviously is tough, but you, you're getting some, some Oakland and New Orleans late in the season. I like that a lot. So, no, I'm not panicking. Um, a six for you, Nicholas. Next. Concise to the point. Clark. Are you panicking? No, I mean, I'm hoping that you're not starting Juju Smith-Schuster as your number one wide receiver. If you are, you're probably looking forward to next year already. Uh, Like Jordan mentioned, the next couple of weeks are going to be tough, uh, but the Steelers finish really strong. There should be plenty of passing yards to go around. Uh, The only thing that worries me is that they are so up and down and that we still don't know what's going to happen with Le'Veon Bell. So, uh Hopefully, Elliot can punch it in here because I really need it to happen. Mm. Clark, 
eight points for you because not only did you talk about Le'Veon Bell, who is a hot button topic that we can sell on the podcast, um, but you also referenced Monday Night Football and talked about Ezekiel Elliott, who, which is another thing that we can sell on the podcast. You, instead of using your t- your time to convince me really of just Juju Smith-Schuster, you used it to broaden the range and the reach of the podcast. And for that, um, you have a high score. Oh, thanks, Pete. Wow, this game is rigged. <laughs> Yeah, it feels like he personally attacks you, right? When it's a bad rating. That's preposterous. What? <laughs> My feelings are hurt. <laughs> I did not create this. Actually, to peel back the onion curtain, um, really what I wanted one of you guys, I had this all constructed. I really wanted one. I, I should have gotten rid of TY. TY was my was my fatal flaw because I wanted to have you guys, one of you have spent all of your four panics through the first four picks. And then I was going to make the fifth guy someone that you would have to then painfully pitch me on. Uh, and I was so excited to hear that. It was Clark, I was going to make you pitch me on Leonard Fournette for the rest of the season. Uh, Nick, I was actually going to make you pitch me on Amari Cooper for the rest of the season. And then I was going to make Jordan pitch me on Mike McCarthy as the Packers head coach. <laughs> I was so uh, excited to hear those pitches. You're a sadist. Dude. I know. That's the fun of this. This is why you're the host of a <laughs> podcast. Oh, all right. Well, so there you oh, go. You can be more credit than uh, immediately losing interest after I played all of my sound bites. <laughs> Clark, Clark was like, all right, I'm in it for my thing, and we're done. Cool. Wait, are people talking? Is the podcast still going? Um, excellent. Well, there you go. Do you guys, quickly, I will open this up because I know initially we had this as kind of an open-ended topic, and then I turned it into this sadistic game where I could just kind of uh, put you guys in painful situations. Do any of you guys have a quick person who you are personally panicked about? I'm panicked about Gronk. Yep. Yeah. It's a week after you said to sell on him. Um, I told all you, suckers. I just traded for Ertz. I just flipped. It's a keeper league. I flipped Darius Geis for Ertz straight up, and I have. I still have Gronk. Jordan, are you, is I'm there saying. anyone you're worried about? Not Nicholas. really. At, at this point, I'm either I'm either in it with my fantasy leagues, where I believe in everybody, <laughs> or I am. I have a few that I'm just completely out on. So I'm like, I don't expect much from them anymore, and I'm going to focus on the winning leagues now. <laughs> Nicholas. Anyone for you? Just Gronk. It's Gronk. Yeah, no, and I'm freaking out about it because I got him in like three or four leagues. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I mean, the Gronk thing, I I tried to warn everyone. I tried to warn you that ba- his back injuries are not good. And this offense has kind of moved in a different direction away from him. And I don't think that the Patriots are going to really use him until the actual playoffs when it matters. And sadly, the NFL playoffs don't coincide with the fantasy playoffs. So I I have somebody that I'm actually super freaked out about right now. Go. Uh, Detroit Lions wide receiver Kenny Galladay. He's only had double-digit points the past three weeks, and I was watching that Lions and Vikings game uh, yesterday, and sure, it's the Vikings. They can be locked down when they want to, but Matthew Stafford looked awful. Like He had Kenny Galladay open several times, and he just looked really bad. I'm not sure what he's doing, but it's like he forgot that he just has this six-foot five monster wide receiver and with golden Tate moving out we talked about this last week there's like 69 targets that golden tate had um while he was a lion that are just up for grabs and apparently nobody was able to get them yesterday and i was i'm bugging out a little bit about it 
Yeah, Kenny Galladay, if he yeah, if he doesn't put together anything, that's a huge panic because you were thinking that's the guy who this offense and the Lions were thinking that that's the guy who this offense was prob- passing game was going to go through now when they traded away Golden Tate. So you're hoping that he can kind of perform. Uh, all right. Well, there's some a couple more guys to be worried about. Now we're just we're just adding chaos and worry to everyone who's listening to this podcast as opposed to solving problems. We're just adding more problems. Uh, well, it's election season. Yep. Everybody panic. Everyone panic. Uh, make sure to subscribe and rate and review on iTunes and Stitcher. Uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter at RB1 Podcast. Follow myself at Pete M. Rogers. Follow Clark at NFL Clark. Jordan at Jordan underscore Smith 27. And Nick at Ginger. Well, Ginger. I have to make sure I enunciate that ER. Underscore, underscore Nick without a K. We will be back at you guys on Thursday to talk week 10 starts and sits. And until then... Make sure to vote tomorrow slash today when you're listening to the podcast. Do your civil duty and all of that good stuff. And peace.